So that video never gets old. But my extended family has this tradition, and we kind of stopped it when I was about 18, but we, were, we did it for a really long time. And every Christmas Eve, my extended family would buy gifts for everyone in the family, right? And we would all get together and exchange all these gifts. And one year when I was 12, one of my family members promised me the greatest gift that I would ever get, but it was going to be a surprise. And he wasn't going to tell me what it was. And so I was really excited about it. And this is really hard when you're the oldest sibling in the family because the way we do it is you have to start with the youngest kids and work your way all the way up to the oldest. And, and I just happen to be the oldest. And you know when you give these young kids the gifts, man, they don't even care. They're like, they're sucking their toes. And I'm like, when is it going to be my turn? I had such great excitement about this gift. You could give them a box and they would be happy. Actually, I really like boxes. Did you guys like boxes when you were kids? Boxes were like the best gifts ever. Like, forget the toy. You just hang out in the box and make like a tent in that or something. But, you know, these little kids, they're all about just doing whatever and they don't really care. And so I'm starting to get like really worked up. And I did what any manly 12-year-old boy would do when he's not getting his way. I cried like a little girl in front of my whole family. And the tears just came down my face, right? Because I couldn't handle the anticipation of what that gift was. And then it was finally my turn, right, after crying. And then everyone was already making fun of me because here I am, a 12-year-old crying. And so now I finally get to my gifts, right? And I open up this one present that this guy got me. It was actually my uncle. And uh, I opened it up, and it was a model plane are you kidding me? This is the worst freaking gift I've ever gotten. Like, I was waiting all this time, all this excitement was over a model plane that I can't even play with. And I just remember just getting out of the other room. I was done. That was it, man. That was it. After my big tantrum, that was the night that Joey ruined Christmas. But, <laughs> but you know, there was just that excitement and that anticipation. I was so ready for something great. And uh, I don't know how some of the families do this, but I've seen this uh, as I've been to a couple people's houses, is that you guys put the gifts under the tree before Christmas. I don't understand how you could do that. That would make me insane. That, that's like torture, seeing it underneath the tree and knowing that you can't get your hands on it. And I'm glad I'm not alone in this. Heather was actually telling me some stories recently about uh, her fiancé, John, uh, her well, fiancé, her husband, John. You, you guys know John. Well, he, well, he's kind of like me. He can't handle that anticipation. And she's got all the, the gifts on the tree. And he's like shaking the things. You know, it's like glass. And he's breaking every gift that she got him. But that would drive me nuts. I don't understand how you guys do that. But tonight and in this series, what we've been talking about is that there's no surprise that there's so much anticipation in Christmas. There's no surprise that there's so much surprise in Christmas and why it it is that way today. Because it was the same way in the original Christmas. See, the Jewish people were waiting for their Messiah to come. And they were anxiously awaiting it. And you know, we talked about that last week and we looked at a story of two people who are anxiously awaiting that and another breakthrough in their life. And God simultaneously answered both of them for them through a promise. And that was Zechariah and Elizabeth. And they were promised a son. And they weren't able to have any kids. And they prayed about this. And they prayed about this. And you know, this is what we said. Is that the Christmas story is a reminder to you and I. That God cares about the details of our lives. And that there's hope for us. And I hope that you guys took that and you saw that. That the Christmas story also had that to say. And this series, what I want you guys to realize is that God wants to speak to us some new things through this story. And the the most amazing part of the story, hands down, is Jesus. There's nothing that can compare to that. There's nothing that comes close to that. But there are other things that God wants us to catch in this story. And and that's what we've been talking about these last couple of weeks. And tonight, I want to start a little bit different way. I actually want to do a Mad Lib tonight because I think that will help us get going. And so I need a volunteer. Would anyone? I need someone who's good at grammar because if I have to explain what an adjective and a noun is... (laughs) 
but then we're going to have some problems because I don't really know too well. <laughs> I know, noun, person, place, or thing, I prepared for this. So, okay, wait, can I get a volunteer? Do you really want to do it, Sarah? All right, come on, come up. All right, so Sarah's going to help me. That is not nice. Whoever did that, boo that person that just did that. I'm just joking. Sarah, I'm excited for this, all right? You ready? So you're going to help me with this. You, you can't look, all right? Sarah, I need a person in the room. Give me a name of... You can't text while I'm doing this. This is like not a real thing. You can't do that. Person in the room. Just look out in the room and find a person for me. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> uh, Heather. Heather, okay. Awesome. We got Heather. Sarah, I now need a noun. Um, tree. tree. Okay. <laughs> tree. Sarah, I need an adjective. Are you looking this up right now or are you texting? Because I know you're not texting. It's an adjective. What's the adjective? Running. Okay. I need a noun. Yeah, it is. It's a describing word. You're yeah, guys. I don't know. So I'm just going to go with her. <laughs> She's looking it up. I knew you weren't texting. That's a verb. All right. Give me another adjective then. Oh, my God. I, I, I believe you if it makes you feel better. Shh. No talking. You can do this. It's like something that describes something, like smelly, right? Am I, am I right with that? Like smelly would be an adjective? Dang, I'm smart. Um, smelly, you want smelly? Okay. We got a, now I need a noun. Another noun. Africa. All right, Africa, represent. I need an adjective. Yeah, another one. Just like something that describes something. Okay. Odd. Is that that good, everyone? Thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> I need another adjective. This is going to be a lot of adjectives. Alive. Word. Yo, that phone is really hooking you up. What would we do without iPhones? Um, I need another person in the room that's a female. Obviously, Heather's a female, though. We need another female. <laughs> Lacey. She's going with herself. Sarah. <laughs> I need another adjective. Famous. This is a lot of stuff. I didn't realize. Nonsense word. Just a crazy word. The craziest thing you can think of. That kind of like doesn't even... Chimichanga. I like that. That was good. Chimichanga. I don't even know how to spell that. Okay. Another noun. <laughs> Drums. Maybe we'll have people help you if you're having that. Um, adjective. Go. Someone raise your hand. Raise your hand. You can't say it out loud. Adam. Really, bro? <laughs> Passing. Pretty? Pretty it is. I like pretty. You want help still? No, you're good. I need another noun. Uninterested, Uninterested for noun. Oh, for now, noun. <laughs> Go. Hands in the air. <laughs> Kyle. Christmas tree. But we don't have Christmas tree. Different. Verb ending in ing. Running. We are not going to make this dirty. We're in church. You should feel horrible. The female from before, which is Sarah. And then one last adjective. You can do this. She's got a good one. She looked it up. Inexpensive. All right. Thank you so much. Everyone give Sarah applause. All right. So here is our Mad Lib for tonight. Heather has just... This is very important. Come on. Heather has just written a book called The Tree 
in the smelly Africa. <laughs> the main character in this odd story is alive. Woman named Sarah, who has just been elected president. She must decide whether to spend money on making famous, sending people, did we do this wrong? Sending people to the planet Chimichanga or building drums to, to accommodate the growing population. The author creates many pretty moments and you will find yourself sitting on the edge of your Christmas tree. Late at night because you cannot stop running this book. Sarah turns out to be the greatest president in the last century and leads people to peace and expense. Okay. So, tonight, the question that I want to ask you guys is because I forgot my prop in the back again. Um, the question I want to ask you guys tonight is, does it ever feel like God is playing a Mad Lib with our life? You know, so many random and different things are happening. It, it almost seems like him and the angels are up there hanging out going, you know, it'd be really funny if we added this into their life or did this or did that, right? I know, I know sometimes I felt like that in my life, that, that sometimes God's just throwing all these random things into my path and now I don't really know what to do with them or how to work this out. And see, here's what I think a lot of us like to do. We like to connect the dots in our life. We like to see, all right, this is why this happened and this is what this is gonna lead to. And I think a lot of us have a plan for our life. And when things aren't lining up to the plan that we've made for our lives, then we get mad at God, we get frustrated God, and all these random things come in and you say, God, why are you doing this? And then to throw everything on top of that life gives us these surprises all the time. And normally presents are a good thing, but tonight this present is going to represent good things and bad things because that's the way life is. It doesn't just give us only good things. And it surprises are always different and it has a tendency to put some really hard things in our past. So with the mix of these things, man, life can be really hard sometimes. When all these different surprises are coming and you look at the news and what happened today, well, what, what a horrible, horrible tragedy. Oh, what a broken world we live in. And sometimes these random surprises just pop up and they break the plan for a lot of our lives. So the question is, what do we do with this stuff? See, some of you are sitting in the room tonight and the surprise for you has been someone that you love is sick. And that's messing up the plan for your life. And now you don't know what to do with the surprise that you've been given. And it's really hard, and it's really hard, and it's frustrating. I mean, you're not sure. Maybe you're sitting in the room tonight, and you've been working really hard, and you've been studying, and you've been trying to get into a college, and you know, it's just not working out the way you planned. And life is giving you that surprise today. And you just feel like it's throwing everything off. Or maybe for you tonight, You've just been in a relationship and you had to break up with someone. And you thought for sure that this was the person that you were supposed to be with. You thought that this was finally going to be the thing that makes you happy. That's going to bring some great breakthrough in your life. And life gives you this surprise. And suddenly things aren't as easy as we first thought they were. And tonight what I want to tell you is if that's you, then the Christmas story is also for you tonight. I, I don't know... If, if all of you guys know the story so well, but if I could guess, I, I would say most of you know this story really well. But as I was studying for this, as I was getting ready for it, I was, I was saying, God, you know, could you just make this come alive to me in a new way? 
in a way that I haven't really heard about in a while. And, and as I'm sitting there, I'm just studying it. I'm reading it over and over again, and, and nothing's popping up. But then I'm saying, God, just give me some fresh eyes. And I'm reading it, and I'm going, this is full of random events. If someone was to make this up, they couldn't, because this story is so random. It seems like, well, what does three wise men and a lady living in Nazareth that's a virgin have to do with the Savior? Just so many random things that are happening throughout this story. And tonight, I, I think God wants to show us something through this. And he wants to teach us something through this story. And, and see, here, here's what's at stake tonight. Is it that you get this, and if I get this, we'll understand tonight that God just isn't playing Mad Lib with their life. Yes, things at times are going to seem very surprising. Things are going to seem very random. But if we can get this tonight and understand what the story wants to show us, then we'll be able to deal with the surprises of life too, if we can really grasp this and understand this tonight. So we're going to be back in the book of Luke tonight. We're going to pick off, pick up right where we left last week, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And this is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Now, I want you guys to remember that one part of the sentence because it's, it's going to come up a lot. You who are highly favored. Don't forget that because I'm going to bring it up a lot. And I think it's going to help us understand something. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Have you guys seen The Wizard of Oz, right? Most people in here have seen that movie, right? You know that scene where Dorothy finally realizes she's not in Kansas anymore and she meets the witch for the first time and she's like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? I feel like that's a little bit of what Mary's going through right here, right now. She's like, is this real? Is this really happening right now? And then are you a good witch or are you a good, a good angel or a bad angel? Because this seems really confusing. And so we're going to see what all of this means to Mary. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So here's Mary. She's got a plan for her life. It's going in one direction. All the dots are being connected right now. And suddenly this random surprise comes in. And this turns Mary's world upside down. Because this is no little thing that happens to Mary. This is going to change the course of her life forever. And some of you are sitting there today and things have happened. Things have come into your path and they will change the course of your life. Whether you realize it or not. But you have a choice. You have a choice to say, God, whatever this is, whatever this means, I'm going to trust you. I don't understand how this is going to work out. I don't know all the answers to all the questions, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to follow you in this. Or... You could take the other end of it. You could run from God. And you know what? This surprise, this random event in your life, I can almost promise you if you choose to run, it will only get worse. 
It will consume you. And it will become a huge obstacle that you won't be able to face and deal with on your own. See, Mary had a choice, guys. And we'll see a little bit more about her choice as we keep reading tonight. Go to the next verse. This is what it says, verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? So Mary's going, angel, we got a little problem here. I'm not married yet, and I haven't done it yet. So this is, this is kind of like a big deal. Like, you know, pregnancy is it's, it's a little more common in our society today. There was no teen mom back then, you know what I mean? I can't stand that show, oh my gosh. But it, it's, that wasn't a common thing. If you did something like this back then, there's a good chance that your family would take you out and stone you. This was a huge event that happened in Mary's life. See, I don't think people ever talked to her the same way ever again. I don't think people ever dealt with her. They probably said things behind her back. See, this was probably a really hard obstacle in Mary's life. And you know, this was a really, really big and overwhelming deal, guys. And some of you guys, maybe you don't even, it's hard for us to grasp it. So here's what I would say. This is girls in the room tonight. Go home and tell your mom that you're pregnant. Let's see how she reacts to that. There's a good chance after she picks herself up off the floor, she's going to say, what have you been doing? She's going to freak out. I'm sure Mary's mom had a similar reaction to everything that was going on. And then when you ask her, well, who's the the dad? You would say, "Mm, it was an angel. She'll definitely believe you in that moment. I'm sure there were a lot of people that doubted Mary. I'm sure there were a lot of people who judged her because of this. And this was a huge obstacle in her life. So we know that this is a big thing. And some of you guys are facing some really big things today. Some random events that are really hard and really consuming. Mary knew what that was like too with her thing that was going on. So we'll go to the next verse now, verse 35. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. So what is this verse? What is the angel saying here? And what does this mean to us tonight? This is what it's saying right here. So no matter how big that random thing is in your life, that, that obstacle that you're facing today, it's not too big for God. Nothing is too big today, guys. Whatever it is that he's putting in your path, he can deal with it. He can overcome it. See, he he talks, the angel talks about Elizabeth and Zachariah last week, like that story you looked at. They were really old and it would have been impossible for them to have a child, but God did it anyway. Because our God does impossible things. And some of the things that you're facing today, I'm sure seem really impossible. I'm sure they seem really overwhelming. But this is your hope in this moment, that God can do the impossible thing with whatever it is that's in your path today. Nothing is too big for our God. So take hope in that verse. And so we're going to skip some verses now and I'll just kind of fill you in on what's been going on with the story. So now Mary goes and she talks to Elizabeth with this and she brings it and Elizabeth tells her everything that's been happening. 
and everything that's been going on in the story. And Elizabeth tells her about her story. And now I think Mary finds a little bit of hope in that now. She knows someone else is going through this. And know today, guys, that you're not alone in this. That there's people who are going through similar things. And you can walk with them. And you can find hope in their stories and the things that they're doing too. And then, and then John the Baptist is born. That's the next thing that happens in the story. And I'm sure Mary's heart was filled with even more encouragement after that. All right, so maybe this angel is telling the truth. Maybe these things are really going to happen. And then an angel appears to Joseph, right? And guys, if, if I was dating a girl and prompted to marry her, I would really like an angel told me that, you know, it really was God that conceived this in her and not somebody else, if you know what I mean. So, you know, she wasn't just messing around. So the angel confirms that in Joseph, and now Joseph's strength is encouraged a little bit. His spirit's lifted up, and he knows that God is going to do something in this situation. And then the next big surprise happens in their path. Caesar Augustus comes along, and he says that he wants a census to happen. And it's just, it's the same thing that happens today when we, we, we take a census of, of, of all the people. They, they, they just count them. They want to know what's going on in the, in the whole Roman world, right? And so Joseph was from a town that Mary wasn't from. And so this meant that they were going to have to go on a journey. And that's not usually a really easy thing to go on a journey back then because they didn't really have anything to take them. They they had a donkey, and that was about it. And so that they were going to have to make this journey with a pregnant woman on the donkey. And then this was a huge obstacle. So let's go to the next verse. Verse 4, this is what it says. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And so suddenly, guys, the randomness of the story, some of the things that aren't really making too much sense start to make a little bit more sense now. And not even necessarily for Joseph and Mary in that moment, but for us, the readers, See, now I'm starting to see some of the, the dots being connected. See, like we talked about last week, the Jewish people were promised the Messiah, and he would come from the line of David. And we're seeing that happening right now in this verse. That's why they're going back to Bethlehem. That's the city of David. And so now the promise is starting to come through. And, and guys, this was no easy thing in their path either. This was a big obstacle, the travel you know, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles with a woman that was pregnant and was due at any second. So this was a huge option. I'm sure Mary was sitting there and thinking this thought. And it's what I encourage you to remember before. When the angel told her that she was highly favored of God. What happened to that favor? I'm sure she's sitting there riding on the donkey, ready to have this baby. And she's going, God, I thought... I was your favorite. I thought that this was going to be an easy thing to go through. I didn't think I was going to be having to travel on a donkey. See, I think a lot of times we think, you know what, God, I'm your son, your daughter. You can't let this happen to me. This can't be going on. But, you know, Joseph did it. God did it to Mary, and she was the highly favored of God. See, guys, life happens to everyone to everyone. And see, we need to learn that from the story, that God isn't abandoning us just because the random things are happening. Because I'll tell you this, he wasn't abandoning Mary in that moment. He wasn't giving up on them, even though it seemed like it. And so let's go to the next verse. 
to see what else is going on. Now, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to the firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Highly favored of God. The son of God who is meant to take away the sins of the world. The angel goes on and on and on about all the great things he was going to do. And he's born in a manger? That doesn't really make sense to me. As I'm trying to connect all the dots, how could that be? This is the son of God, fully God and fully man in the flesh, the one that's going to save all of us, and he's born in a manger? See, the first thing that we need to understand, guys, is things don't always happen the way we want them to. God's plan is bigger than ours. And just because it doesn't make sense to us in that moment doesn't mean it's not a great plan. Just because we can't see the full picture. See, this is the Son of God being born in a manger. That blows me away that God would do that. And see, here's what's really important to get. And then I I think that this is going to be one of the biggest things that we need to understand tonight. I think if Mary could go back to that moment, right? I'm sure she was mad. She was frustrated. I'm sure she even called out to the angel at moments like, angel, how could this be? How could this be that you're letting this Jesus be born in a manger. I thought we were highly favored. Shouldn't we be in a hotel right now? Shouldn't we be in somewhere nicer than this? But here's what I think is true of Mary. After she went through this, and she went through all of her life. See, we, we can't forget that Mary watched Jesus grow up. She saw him as a child and, and then as a teenager. And she saw him as a son. She watched God do great things in his life and all the promises happened. And then she watched him be beat to an inch of his life. She watched him as he had to carry his own cross. And then she watched him as they nailed him into the cross. And as they all mocked him and they all laughed at him. She had to go through every second of that. And Mary would see Jesus die that day on that cross. And then she would also, then, and let's fast forward a little bit. And then three days later, she would watch him raise again. And here is what I think that Mary would say after she heard that he was rose again. It was all worth it. It was all worth it. You know, in the moment, I'm sure she was getting mad at God. She was frustrated with all the random events that were happening. But as she looked back at her life, and she knew what all it would accomplish, I'm sure she would say this one thing tonight. I would go through it all again because it was worth it. Even when I thought God was putting random things in my path, now that I can look back, I can see what he was really doing. And it makes a lot of sense now. See, for some of you guys today, the things aren't going to make sense right away some of the stuff that you're going through is going to seem random. But here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to trust God despite the randomness, despite the hard surprises that come by in your life. Trust Him. Because here's what I know you will say just like Mary at the end of your life. It was all worth it. Every step of the way, every hard thing I had to go through was worth it. If you will just be willing to trust Him through the journey. And God has a great plan for all of you in this room. And He cares about the details of your life. And for those of you that feel like the dots just aren't connecting today, the things don't really make too much sense, the Christmas story is a reminder to you that God cares about the details today and that He's working them out in your life. And so here's what I want you guys to get tonight. And, 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 and here's the bottom line. When things seem like a surprise to us, they're really God's master plan. See, he's, he's got it all planned, guys. Even though it seems like a, a surprise to us, he knows what he's doing and he's working it out in our lives. See, he has this awesome tendency in our lives, right? To take the things that are a mess, the things that don't make sense, and he makes it into something great. And it's your job and my job. And, and, and this is no easy thing. Because some of you guys have some really hard things going on today. Some things that keep you awake at night. Some things that just break you down in tears. But here's just what I want to urge you. Trust him. Trust him. I'm sure Mary had a lot of hard nights filled with tears. But she trusted. And what I would say to you is have hope. Because God is working it out. See, he's not playing mad lip with your life. He's working it all together for your good and for a great promise. And he's taking a mess and he's making it a masterpiece. And so I, I wasn't going to go here tonight, but with the events that happened tonight, I, I kind of feel like I should. Tonight, today with that shooting that happened. And so where does God fall into this? How does that, that picture work? Well, the truth is that we live in a broken world where people do really hard and messed up things where, where there's sin and a lot of hard things that we need to face and you know as I was thinking about this story and how it relates to it there's a part of the Christmas story that a lot of people leave out something that people don't like to talk about and see after Mary had Jesus there was this king named Herod and he wasn't too happy about hearing about that there was going to be this baby born that was going to surpass him in glory, that was going to be more famous than he was. So he, he made this decree, right, to kill all the babies that were born in, in the last couple of months. And he sent out his army, right? And they go into all the town and they just slaughter all these children. They, 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 boys, girls, it, it didn't matter. They, they killed all of them. And see, we, we look at that and we go, why? Why? And the truth is, I want to tell you, is that God does not have anything to do with that. Yes, he allows it to happen, but that is not what he wants, guys. We live in a world where people do horrible things. And, and here's what I believe with all my heart, is that, that, that those babies that were slaughtered that day were with Jesus right after that happened. And the young kids that were slaughtered today, I think they were in 
K to third grade, they're with Jesus today. I believe that with all of my heart because God takes the broken things and he salvages them and he makes it. And so the truth is we do and you guys are gonna face some hard things and I, I wish I could shelter you from these things. Oh, I, mean, I, I know God's Father's heart probably is to shelter all of us from these things. But this is the cards that we've been given. And now it's time to put our trust in him despite the hard things that are going on, knowing that he cares about the details and that he loves us so much. Know that, guys, that he's working out the plans and he's connecting the dots. And at the end of your life, I want you to say like Mary, it was all worth it. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you so much for everyone in this room tonight, Lord. And, and I just pray, God, that you would give them a lot of hope tonight, God, as some of them are facing some random things, God. Some of them are facing some really hard things. I pray, God, that you would be their strength in those moments, Lord God. When they feel like giving up and they feel like throwing in the towel, God, that your love would surround them, God. That it would give them the strength that they need, Jesus, to keep pushing, to keep fighting, Lord. And God, our, our hearts go out to the kids and the families that were lost to, and the families that were lost today, Lord God. And we just pray, God, that you would hold them in your arms tonight, Lord. God, that you would take this mess and you would make it a masterpiece, Lord God. That you would give them healing, Lord God, and you would give us, give them comfort. And Lord, I pray for anyone tonight that, that feels like you're really far, Lord, that just doesn't really have much hope tonight, God, that they would keep pushing, Lord, knowing that you love them. I pray, God, that everyone in this room would be able to say at the end of their lives, it was all worth it. I'm so glad I kept pushing and keep fighting. In the name of